At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Here is Adam Burke. Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me here on this Monday, July 17th edition of VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. I'm your host, Adam Burke. Glad to be with you after the weekend as we kick off a new week's worth of shows here on the podcast. Please make sure you rate, review, subscribe, five-star reviews. Very, very much appreciated if you get the opportunity to do that, not just for my show, but also for our other podcasts in our VEASAN family. Also, a heads up, I'll be doing a couple editions of the College Football Podcast here coming up, previewing the American Athletic Conference and then also Conference USA, and then one next month coming on the Sun Belt. Those are the three conferences that I wrote up for our College Football Betting Guide, which comes out August 3rd here at VEASAN. We're working on the edits, working on the proofs and the guide design That will be a big publication, 133 FBS teams for this season, team previews on all of them, not to mention conference overviews and other feature articles, best bets from staff and on-air personalities. So you'll definitely want to get that 2023 college football guide. The only way to do that is to be a VSIN Pro subscriber. So head over to vsin.com slash subscribe, $19.99 introductory offer that'll get you our upcoming college football guide, as well as the NFL guide that we released back on June 29th, which is still very, very relevant. Not a whole lot of moving parts in the National Football League right now. So $19.99 for that first month, or you can get the summer kickoff special for $175. That'll take you through the Super Bowl on February 11th. Pricing will go up to start the month of August. So now is the time that you want to do that. And of course, speaking of the NFL, are you switching to YouTube TV to get Sunday ticket? That means you can now watch VSIN. VSIN has a 24 7 channel on YouTube TV as part of the Sports Plus package. So if you're switching over to YouTube TV, make sure you check out VSIN, the sports betting network. And over at VSIN.com, my MLB article for today has been posted. So let's talk some Major League Baseball here on the show appropriately named VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. And I'll start by talking about what happened over the weekend. So 
the all-star break over major league baseball comes back after the four day hiatus. And we saw a huge uptick in power production. Now, as much as I hate Rob Manfred, as much as I can't stand what he's done and what he continues to do to major league baseball, I will shy away from the immediate conspiracy theory angle of saying that the ball is different. We don't have enough data to definitively say that. I don't think that it necessarily is. I think there are other causes for why home runs really jumped over the weekend here. Let's start with this. Overall, the league this past weekend, 249 average, 323 on base, 427 slugging. For the season, 248 average, 320 on base, 411 slugging. So last weekend, the slugging percentage 16 points higher than what it is for the full season, and that does include last weekend's numbers. So those probably bumped it maybe a point, maybe two points, something like that. But what it really was to me, the season average in home run to fly ball percentage, 12.3%. Over this past weekend, 13.9%. And you may say, Adam, okay, it was really hot. Sure, it's been hot throughout the month of July. From July 1st to July 9th, the time before the All-Star break, it was 12.8%. So the home run to fly ball percentage up 1.1% last weekend compared to the first part of July before the All-Star break. So what does this all mean? Well, first of all, it means it's pretty damn hot outside. I mean, I know that it's been 116, 117 degrees here in the Las Vegas Valley. I'm sure you know that because it's been 90 and humid in a lot of other places throughout the country. The other thing is, you know, we had a lot of pitchers shaking off some rust. Relievers are used to pitching every two or three days at most. They go four, five, six days without an appearance. Well, then you're going to get that. And we did see, for example, a guy like Cody Morris for Cleveland gave up three home runs in the one inning that he pitched. You know, that's something that will happen as relievers kind of shake off some rust, try to get back into the rhythm of working every couple of days. The second thing, of course, is that starting pitchers were on eight, nine, ten days of rest in some cases, stuff like that. So that was a big part of it. Now, I will say average fly ball distance was up two feet from where it was July 1st through the 9th. That doesn't seem like a lot, but when you think about the sample size of fly balls, it is pretty significant. So I don't think the ball is juiced. I do think the extremely hot weather is playing a factor. And I also think, and this is probably the biggest of the factors, everyone's just getting back into rhythm here now after the All-Star break. You know, everyone's kind of had some time to rest up, recuperate, you know, maybe hitters feeling a little bit better, pitchers still trying to find it with their command as they make their first, second appearances, stuff like that coming out of the break here. So we'll see what happens. But if those two reasons I gave are legitimate, the weather and also pitchers shaking off some layoffs, well, then this week we should continue to see a lot of home runs because now we'll get into the second wave of starters, guys that haven't pitched in, you know, 9, 10, maybe even 11 days, something like that. Relievers will kind of get back into their form a little bit. But, you know, starters, I do think we could see some runs early on in ballgames here as we get guys that haven't pitched in, you know, upwards of 10 days with that hot and humid weather still out there in a lot of places. So wanted to address that. I think it's a really interesting thing. I mean, look, if if you're Rob Manfred, and I'll go ahead and put the tinfoil hat on here for a second, there's nothing else going on. So, you know, if you can 
capitalize on the interest in baseball, capitalize on a lot of attendance increases throughout the league, then, you know, would it be a bad idea to infuse some of these springier baseballs into the equation? Absolutely not. I don't think that's the case, and I want to be very clear about that. I wouldn't put it past the guy because I don't like what he's done for Major League Baseball, but I do think a lot of it is just weather and pitchers trying to get back into their rhythms. So in the early part of this week, I do expect we continue to see some home runs as we get deeper into the month of July, closer to the August 1st trade deadline and all of that. Well, that may be a little bit of a different situation. And I'll have to decide here, um, you know, last year, as opposed to doing the daily article, because I think the trade deadline should be a league wide off day. I absolutely think it's bullshit that the league forces these guys to go out there and try to play when they've said, you know, goodbye to longtime friends, teammates, you know, the wives get along, the kids get along, all that kind of thing. It's a very, very emotional day around Major League Baseball. So last year, as opposed to doing the article, I just did a live trade deadline blog. That may be what I end up doing again for this season, because honestly, I don't think it's a day worth betting because, you know, you just never really know guys getting taken out of the lineup, uh, starting pitchers, you know, maybe in line to start getting scratched, stuff like that. So I may ultimately do that uh, for the trade deadline this year. So I can just go ahead and give you that heads up right now. All right. So let's get to the card here for Monday. Ten games on the betting board. Three in the National League, five in the American League, and just two on the interleague side of the ledger. We start in the National League. We start with the Giants and the Reds, Logan Webb, Brandon Williamson, and a really, really tough weekend for Cincinnati. As I mentioned going into the weekend, their biggest series in basically a decade since 2013, they get swept at home. They get shut out in the first two games. They only scored three runs in the third game masterful pitching performances from the Brewers, especially with the tone setter Corbin Burns in game one with 13 strikeouts over six innings. Impressive, thoroughly impressive. I have to give the Brewers full marks for that. I'm not a big believer in the Brewers. You know that if you've been listening to this show throughout, but man, what a statement from their pitching staff. And the thing that is really a bummer for the Reds is they got good pitching in that series for the most part and just didn't get the offense. So we'll see if they get the offense here. They have called up Christian Encarnacion Strand. 331 average, 405 on base, 637 slugging, 20 homers, 440 Woba, 153 WRC plus in AAA. I probably would have called him up sooner. But the Reds, after they lost that series, they lost three out of four to the Brewers in early June. That's pretty much about the time that Ellie De La Cruz came up. They lose another series to the Brewers. Now it's Christian Encarnacion Strand. So those two teams will run it back next week in what will be their final head-to-head series of the season. But as far as this one goes today, tough assignment for the Reds. They draw Logan Webb in this one. 314 ERA, 358 expected ERA, 323 FIP. Good strikeout to walk numbers, 60% ground ball rate. However, road start here for Webb in a good hitter's park. If you look at his home road splits on the season, Virtually an identical number of innings pitched. One and a third more innings on the road for Webb. His road ERA, 222 higher than his home ERA. Batting average, 32 points higher. On base, 39 points higher. Slugging, 56 points higher. Woba, 40 points higher as well. Strikeout rate is down on the road. So we'll see what Webb does here in a tough environment against an offense, adding another big bat. 
Brandon Williamson goes for the Reds, 521 ERA, 568 expected, 517 FIP. The strikeout and walk numbers are not great for Williamson. 64.4% left on base percentage, not great either. He's given up eight homers, none in his last three starts. He's done well against lefties. They only have a 272 Woba against him, so maybe a chance to neutralize some of San Francisco's bats in this one. No play for me, but the one thing I will say, we got a hitter's park, hot night, couple of starters that haven't pitched in a while. I just talked about the home run to fly ball percentage skyrocketing over the weekend. If you look to bet home run props, this would probably be a good time to do them early on in the week where I don't think that the sports books will have adjusted the prices for individual hitters too much, but their chances because of the current environment with the weather and pitchers on layoffs, maybe this is a good time to invest in some of those home run props. Weird handicap here at Bush Stadium, Miles Michaelis and Jesus Lazardo as the Cardinals host the Marlins. Seeing a little bit of Marlins money out there in the marketplace here now could be a favorite in short order. South Point right here in the Vegas Valley, just moving them to a favorite. A couple of offshore shops doing so as well. It's a weird handicap because Miles Michaelis actually pitched three innings the other day. He started against the Nationals, three perfect innings, no less. Starting against the Nationals, but then the rains came and the game was suspended. So Michaelis now coming back after that rain-shortened outing as the Cardinals just try to salvage anything that they can. Going towards the trade deadline here, Jordan Montgomery being hurt doesn't help. Jack Flaherty with a decent start yesterday, kind of maybe upping his trade value. Michaelis doesn't have a movable contract, though. 412 ERA, 488 expected ERA, 380 FIP in 115 and two-thirds. Hard hit percentage is up, and batting average on balls in play up as well for Michaelis this season. But he hasn't allowed a run in his last 10 innings. And also, as I've talked about, maybe in an advantageous position here today because he threw three innings. He shook off some of that rust coming out of the All-Star break. Basically amounted to a you know max effort bullpen for him throwing three innings the other day. So we'll see how he fares against the Marlins, who just got swept uh, in their first series coming out of the break. Uh, but Jesus Lazardo, 329 ERA, 353 expected, 323 FIP, 109 and a third innings pitched. 29% strikeout rate, very good. 6% walk rate, outstanding. However, another guy like Logan Webb with some home road splits here, although his, I think, are way more legitimate than Webb's, whose home and road FIP are not that far apart. Lazardo, 66 and two-thirds at home, just 42 and two-thirds innings on the road. ERA on the road, 221 higher at 463. Batting average is up 87 points, on base up 66, slugging up 158 points. Woba up 91 points on the road. And also his home run to fly ball percentage more than double. Goes from 7.1% at home to 16.7% on the road. So he's pitched really well here of late, but now the long layoff, some big home road split issues. Maybe in retrospect, I should have taken St. Louis, but they're just such they're just not a trustworthy team to me. But it is interesting to see this line shifting towards Lazardo with those home road splits very, very well known. Last one in the senior circuit here, Nationals and the Cubs. A couple of southpaws in this one, Mackenzie Gore and Drew Smiley. Gore, 442 ERA, 505 expected, 424 FIP, 89 and two-thirds. But over his last six starts, 631 ERA, 504 FIP, very Jekyll or Hyde for Gore. 
He's given up five or more runs three times, one or zero runs three times. Although one of those starts a range-shortened effort. He only faced five batters over an inning and a third. Uh, as that game started, and then the rains hit. I talked about that game live on the podcast, actually. So Gore has only faced five batters since July 1st. So you really wonder how sharp he's going to be. And over those last six starts, 56.8% hard hit percentage, 16.2% barrel rate. Swinging strike rate was down going into the break as well. And then for Drew Smiley, you know, he's kind of struggled a little bit here of late. Since May 28th, he's got a 675 ERA, 657 FIP, eight starts. He's given up at least three runs in seven of them. Strikeout rate way down, walk rate up. Maybe both of these guys just needed a break, but we've seen this total really go up here today, up from an opener of eight at some shops to nine with overjuice. Now, I liked it at over eight and a half, kind of backed off a little bit at nine, especially with the overjuice. May regret it. We'll see if these guys, as I mentioned, just needed a little bit of rest. But um, you know that total just rocketing up here with a couple of offenses that you know have been good against lefties for the full season had some lulls in the month of June. They're a little bit better than league average, both of them, uh, since the middle of June. So I get why this total is moving up, but you know, at nine and over juice, I couldn't take it. I liked it a little bit at eight and a half, even paying a little bit of juice. Let's take a short break here on VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets and come back and talk American League and a couple of interleague matchups. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, back here on VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. Please make sure you rate, review, subscribe. Five star reviews, very, very much appreciated here for the show. We will skip over the Rays and the Rangers because I've got to play in that one and go to the Tigers and the Royals, Matt Manning and Jordan Lyles in this one. You know, I'm kind of pissed off. I talked about the Tigers as a play on team going into the second half, faded them on Friday, picked up a loser there with, um, you know, Luis Castillo on the mound for the first five uh, run line. You know, look, it's it's one of those things where, you know, maybe Seattle just isn't going to get it going. 
And it's it's really disappointing because I had very high hopes for this team. But you can't come out of the break and, and lose a series to the Tigers. And the Tigers are a much better team right now because they've got Matt Manning back, Tarek Skubal, Eduardo Rodriguez. And Manning is the guy who goes today. And look, for him, it's really hard to read too much into his full season numbers. He made two starts in April. They weren't great. Went on the IL for two months. Since June 27th, he's given up six runs on eight hits and 17 and a third. Six and two-thirds no-hit innings last time out on July 8th. That was the combined no-hitter that the Tigers threw against the Blue Jays. Look, Manning's three starts since coming back, Rangers, Rockies at Coors, and Blue Jays. Now he faces the Royals, who have been really bad offensively throughout the course of the season. And over the last month plus, 29th and Woba, 280, 72 WRC plus against righties. The Tigers are bad, too, though. They're a borderline bottom five offense against right-handed pitching. So let's see what they do against Jordan Lyles here. Lyles, 1-11, 17 starts. The Royals have lost 16 of them. 642 ERA, 485 expected, 551 FIP. I will say it's not pretty, but his last 35 innings pitched, 489 ERA, 4 FIP. Remember that start against the Reds. He gave up all five runs in the second inning allowed one base runner otherwise in his six innings. So he's been better here of late. Eight runs on 20 hits in his last 17 innings. I'm not rushing to fade this guy. I mean, is he going to be good the rest of the way? Absolutely not. But is he going to be as bad as he's been? I don't think so. So didn't want to lay the Tigers today. No interest in the over. I'm not saying I'm going to bet on Lyles, but I I just don't think he's going to be as bad in the second half of the season here or at least for his sake. I hope not. Yankees and the Angels. Luis Severino, Griffin Canning in this one. Canning and the Angels, a $1.30 favorite. As much of a dumpster fire as they are, the Yankees aren't really a whole lot better right now with you know their offensive performance. They had a complete meltdown on Sunday in the bullpen. Uh, they wind up losing the series to the Rockies as a result. The biggest dumpster fire of all in this game, though, is Luis Severino. And, and honestly, at this point, It's just sad. I mean, this guy in 2017 and 18 looked like a star. 11 F war over those two seasons. I believe they were his age 23 and 24 seasons or maybe 22 and 23, something like that. But then the injury bug got him, man. 18 innings pitched in a three-year span from 2019 to 2021. Pitched decent last year, but this year, it's been ugly. 738 ERA. 701 expected, 638 FIP. And honestly, it's worse than that. If you take away his first two starts, he's given up 37 runs on 53 hits in his last seven starts. Last two starts before the break, gave up 16 runs on 19 hits and just six and two thirds. It's just, it's sad to watch at this point in time. The problem is I can't trust Griffin Canning. And furthermore, I can't trust this Yankees offense to take an over in this game. Canning, 429 expected ERA, 505 FIP, but a 462 ERA. Look, he's given up a lot of hard hit contact. He's shown flashes with good swing and miss numbers. He seems to be understanding that his fastball stinks so that if he throws his other pitches more, he has a better chance at being effective. But he's just been so inconsistent. And it's a tough profile to back, even though the Yankees 28th and weighted on base average against righties since June 15th at 283. So eh, just a rough, rough handicap there in that one. Red Sox and A's will make this one real quick. 
Boston hasn't named a starter for today. It will probably be an opener in front of Nick Pavetta. Pavetta, 483 ERA, 488 expected, 472 FIP, and 69 not-so-nice innings pitched. And the A's are going to go with Paul Blackburn. He's pitched one inning since July 2nd, came in relief against the Red Sox, 486 ERA, 377 FIP. He's been okay, but again, he's pitched one inning in the last 15 days, so I have no idea what the hell I'm going to get from him there. The Twins and the Mariners, top pitching matchup of the night, Sonny Gray, Logan Gilbert in this one. Gilbert and the Mariners, about a $1.35-ish favorite out there in the marketplace. Total predominantly of seven for this one. Gray, bad start last time. I'll give up six runs in his final start before the break. However, that was his second straight start against Baltimore. And Sonny Gray, in his first 17 starts, had not allowed more than three runs in any of them. And he's only allowed three home runs this season. So I think it was just an outlier for Gray where maybe the wheels kind of fell off at the end of the first half. Maybe it was facing a team for the second straight time, something like that. I am concerned that Sonny Gray, 99 and two-thirds innings pitched this season, 289 ERA, 390 expected, 285 FIP. I am concerned that he's only 20 innings behind what he threw last year. And then he only threw 135 and a third in 2021. So... Does he have 175 innings in him? He hasn't done it in a long time. You know, of course, 2020, the COVID shortened year, I think he threw 56 or something like that that year. So at least 2019, since Gray has been a workhorse type of dude and had the kind of workload that the Twins will expect from him. So that's a bit of a concern as we go forward. The other concern for Minnesota in this game, their bullpen. Yoan Duran used three straight days, got saves in all three games in Oakland. He's unavailable tonight. Griffin Jacks, Emilio Pagan, Giovanni Moran, all of those guys pitching two of the three games in that series. So the pen for the Minnesota Twins, tough spot tonight. Very tough spot tonight. So if you like Minnesota, first five may be the way to go. But when I looked at it, we were trading about 10 to 15 cents to take the first five instead of the full game. And I wasn't really willing to do that because Logan Gilbert, 366 ERA, 335 expected, 347 FIP. Really good late here in the first half. Only allowed eight runs in his final five starts. Now, he had a strikeout decrease in there, so that was a bit of a concern. But Gilbert threw the ball really well over his last five starts. So not really sure what Minnesota does offensively. Not interested in the first five under four with the juice at minus 130 or so out there. Just move to three and a half and make it even money or minus 105 or something like that. No, they're going to keep it at four at a dollar 30 and you know, whatever. Anyway, no play for me in that game. Do have a play in Dodgers and Orioles. So we'll talk about that in a second. Guardians and pirates. I fought with this game for a long time. Cleveland dollar 25 favorite total of nine predominantly across the market. You can find a rogue nine and a half here. This is Xavion Curry. And Quinn Priester, with Priester making his Major League debut for the Pirates here tonight. So for Curry, getting the start in place of Shane Bieber, Curry got a couple of starts last year. They did not go well. He's been working this year as a reliever. He's been on the roster all season long for Cleveland. But if you look at his leverage index, which is a metric that determines kind of how important the situations in the game are when the pitcher is out there, he has the third lowest leverage index when entering the game among pitchers with at least 40 innings and he's tied for the lowest leverage index 
on average for all events in his appearances. So in other words, Curry's pitched in blowouts or he's pitched in very low leverage situations where it's kind of easy, right? You know, he's got a 16 and a half percent strikeout rate, 5% walk rate. He's just out there throwing strikes and their team's putting the ball in play. So, you know, they're trying to end the game basically. So Curry as a starter could be a much different animal. He's allowed a 45.4% hard hit percentage. He did throw 20 pitches on Saturday, so this will be a Johnny Holstaff effort here for Cleveland. But I am a bit concerned about Curry for however many starts he winds up getting for this team. Now, I do think a Curry and Tim Heron piggyback is kind of fun, um, but you know, again, we'll have to see how he does as a starter where there's a little bit more importance placed on those kinds of appearances. As far as Priester goes, 431 ERA, 385 FIP in AAA this season. 20 AAA starts overall, 427 ERA. Strikeout and walk numbers aren't particularly great. He's kind of a pitch-to-contact guy, a ground ball type of dude, throws a sinker. His secondary pitches are way better. His curveball is really good. It's got a 70 grade from scouts on the 20 to 80 scale, so that's a really, really good pitch. Been working on a slider slash cutter kind of thing. He's the 108th-ranked prospect for fan graphs coming into the season. To me, though, I get worried about sinker ball guys in their debut because they tend to overthrow. When they overthrow, there's a little bit less time for the ball to move. So when you're used to throwing your sinker in a certain area and having it dive down out of the zone, if you throw it a little bit harder, sometimes it doesn't dive out of the zone. So that's the concern I would have for Priester today. If he's a little bit amped up, and I could certainly understand why in his big league debut, then that sinker may kind of hang in the middle of the plate a little bit more. And Cleveland doesn't swing and miss, doesn't strike out a whole lot. So Priester is going to be very dependent on what happens with his batted balls. Ultimately, that's why I stayed off the game. I lean toward Pittsburgh a little bit, but also they're 21 and 44 in their last 65 games. So they've been quite bad for a long period of time. That being said, I mean, Cleveland bullpen meltdowns left and right in Texas. They've had periods where they can't score again. Um, and also for Pittsburgh, Andy Rodriguez getting called up today. Also, Leover Peguero getting called back up to the big league level. So some excitement on the Pirates side with a couple of debuts and, and Peguero coming back up. For Cleveland, a lot less excitement. So thought about the Pirates, didn't take it, uh, but it would be Pittsburgh or nothing for me in that game. All right, so let's go to the two plays that I do have here for Monday. Rays and the Rangers, and this one kind of bouncing around a little bit out there in the marketplace right now. Total went down to eight and a half. It's pushed back up to nine at some places. Rays, about a dollar twenty-five favorite in this one with Shane McClanahan on the hill against Dane Dunning. McClanahan coming back off the IL, had a back issue. His first start since June 30th, did not make any rehab appearances, only went six and two-thirds in his last two starts, so hasn't been used a ton. But I'll say this, I'm excited to see him come back. I do think that back issue was a big problem for him. He's a guy that misses a lot of bats. He's a guy that, you know, is able to, you know, really be effective in, in so many different ways. And the Rangers, look, I think people still have this perception of the Rangers as being this gigantic juggernaut. Look, they're virtually a 500 team against comparable opponents, against teams that are 500 or better. They're 15 and 19 in their last 34 games. Like, they've run into a struggle patch like the Rays have as well. The difference here is McClanahan's a way better pitcher than Dane Dunning. 
And Dane Dunning is a guy that I'm trying to actively fade. 284 ERA, 472 expected, 383 FIP, 92 innings pitched. 16% strikeout rate with a 78% left on base percentage. That just doesn't seem sustainable to me. A lot of negative regression signs in the profile for him. Don't love this Rangers bullpen. Rays at minus 125. I know that there are some concerns here regarding McClanahan, but it's a cheap price, and I like the Rays bullpen better. So Rays minus 125 in this one. And then also the Dodgers and the Orioles. Orioles, slight favorite, minus 117, minus 120 in that range. Total of nine and a half here for Emmett Sheehan and Grayson Rodriguez. So Emmett Sheehan throws a ton of fastballs. A lot of fastballs for this guy. And he's got a pretty high fly ball rate as well. It's going to be hot as hell in Baltimore. Very hot, very humid. Sheehan throwing a lot of fastballs, leading to a 43.1% hard hit percentage, 10% barrel rate. He hasn't pitched in 13 days. The Dodgers didn't get an extra start from him before the break after he gave up five runs and three and two-thirds against the Pirates. I think this is a tough spot for Sheehan. Throws a ton of fastballs. Might be rusty. If you don't locate fastballs well, they get hit a hell of a long way, especially on a hot night. So I don't really love this for Sheehan. Also, his advanced metrics, XFIP, Sierra, not painting a very nice picture for him. Then there's Grayson Rodriguez. So in 10 starts, 45 and a third innings at the big league level this season, 735 ERA, 602 expected, 593 FIP, 52.2% hard hit percentage, almost a 13% barrel rate. His command was not big league ready at all. Goes down to the minors, and he's dominant. 169 ERA in 37 and a third, 54 strikeouts, 15 walks. But the Dodgers are not a triple-A lineup. The Dodgers are probably the second-best lineup in baseball, maybe third if you really like Texas. So this is an enormous step up in class for Rodriguez, who gave up 13 homers, 11 in his final five starts in the month of May, The Dodgers walk at a high rate. They hit for a lot of power. They pummel mistakes. They're not overpowered by high-velocity fastballs. So I like over 9.5 here. It was minus 105 for the article based on the DraftKings number. It's minus 110 now. Still like it at that price. Other books up to minus 115. But I do like the over between the Dodgers and the Orioles and then also the Rays at minus 125 over the Rangers. Thanks for sticking it out, everybody. A little bit of a longer Monday edition here on VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Please make sure you rate, review, subscribe. Five-star reviews greatly appreciated. And I will talk to you again tomorrow. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official channel 
Challenge Podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.